Welcome to the Little Bird Podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me, as always, the lovely and talented founder, CEO, and resident mama bird of Little Bird Marketing, Priscilla McKinney. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning, Dan Ledbetter. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're crazy busy, and I'm 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 trying to clear my mind for a few minutes. Oh wow! Are you like in the Zen Lotus position or something? <laughs> Gosh, I wish I could get it. <laughs> yeah. If I did that, I'd need a chiropractor. <laughs> that sounds relaxing and yet so difficult. It does. I, I need a CD of some flute music and uh, you know, no, a you white don't. robe. No, no, you don't. Nobody needs, nobody needs a CD of flute music, I I'm, assure I'm you. I'm telling you, Zamfir was ahead of his time. That's a pan flute. Yes, it is a pan flute, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am sure of this. Nobody needs a CD of, of pan flute. No, absolutely no. not. Well, before we get too far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's so awesome. Oh, yeah, I know, right? It's yeah, famous last words. Here, hold my beer while I do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's been happening at Little Bird? Well, you know, I used to talk with one of my most long-term employees we would joke around about how we remember the garage days. It was over a decade ago, and I had my office in my home, right. and he had an office built onto our home, and it was just us, and we call those the garage years. Right. It's, like, it's kind of like that nostalgia that you feel this camaraderie because you remember way back when, and lately in my company, I have a lot, a lot of new people. Oh, really? Yeah, but yet we are exchanging these incredibly knowing glances because it feels like we have been through such an amazing amount of change just in the last five months. And really? we have so much work coming in that we actually now are been joking around. You know, we have we exchanged that knowing glance. My project manager will say to me, yeah, I bumped into so-and-so last night at this event and they talked about they have this project and they want to do and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm just naughty looking at her and we're just laughing. You know, that kind of knowing laugh. Right. Like the people that you went to camp with. Yes. Don't you just kind of look at each other and you know, you've been through something together. Right. Or right. have you ever been through like a near-death experience? Oh, I was going to say a train wreck, but... Uh, <laughs> Very similar. Well, I know this happens a lot with siblings and things, but I do have one. When we were growing up, we went to the Canary Islands one time. We grew up in Spain. And so one trip, we were over in the Canary Islands. I mean, those are volcanic islands that go from zero elevation to these massive mountains, right? Oh, wow. Like in a heartbeat. Wow. I... I am not joking. I don't know why I did not die that day. Like my entire family plummet off the cliff. It is just... <laughs> absolutely ridiculous like uh uh we're in a massive bus on the outside of this completely unguarded cliff you know road and a car is trying like only where one should be passing and literally a car is trying to pass like painstakingly in between the in between the mountain and right. us the bus and one false move and the bus goes over you know yeah. and i remember looking at one of my sisters at the time and just being like and this is the this is the pause for effect where everything that is not being said you're staring at each other and you're like I remember everything we've ever done. I love you more than you can imagine. And I can't say it. It's like, <laughs> right, right. Well, exactly. I swear. I, that's the kind of looks we, we, I feel like we've just been through so much in the last five months that we just look at each other and we laugh. And so I'm, you know, she'll start finishing the story of, so I bumped into this person, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and they're coming in tomorrow for a meeting. <laughs> She's like, exactly. 
<laughs> and we're just like, of course they are. And I don't mean to sound smug or anything. We literally are laughing. I mean, I feel like we've always been turning out great work. Things come in their own natural timing. And it just happens to be the most crazy timing in the last five months. And I'm looking at this crazy schedule today. And then last night at about five, my project manager's like, and you have a new client, potential client coming in to chat at... <laughs> <laughs> like, at this point, it's just funny. So yeah, exactly. It's well, it's like one of those things. Like, so what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Say again. Como se dice spare time? Yeah, I I, I do not know of this uh, this <laughs> phrase. Yeah. So it's great. I it, it really is fun. But it's been a lot of very funny that kind of almost slap happy moments, and that's always great for a team. There's a lot of camaraderie that's built, and in those moments, everyone's important. And, yes. and it's not just that everyone's important because many times everyone is important, but the, at these points, everyone feels important. Right. So it creates an interesting dynamic. And I, I feel like there are gaps everywhere. And so it's interesting to see who on your team is going to step up and fill the void. Oh, wow. I really, more than anything, had something happen. This was just early this week. And I've been thinking about a lot, how is it that I've gotten to this point in my career and not really had this kind of a salient moment about how I ask for help from my oh. team? And I really have to say, I was really kind of starting to develop a mild panic, which is a little bit natural when you all of a sudden realize you've got a lot of work on your table, you got a lot, you know, and then... I literally last week I'm I'm walking into a, not even something for work walking into something else after you know and I bump into someone in the community we had put out a huge RFP for a big community related uh thing and he just you know walks past me at this uh this event he's like hey by the way uh, you know you got the bid and oh. <laughs> I was like nice and I am so happy I'm so relieved our team worked so hard on that pitch um you know but we are already, you know, very, very busy. And I just said, you know, it, it's this mild panic. And of course you can do it. Every, every, you know, you're, you're going to figure it out. Sure, sure. But that I realized it kind of stemmed from that moment that I, this mild panic started developing. And what's interesting is that I think I started going down the, my normal path, which is how do I figure this out? How do I do this? What's the big oh. idea here? How am I going to do it? And, and I, and I didn't realize that it was that was actually causing more panic for me. Right, right, right. Now, are you the type of person that is? It's like as soon as you get the green light on something, you jump on it. Well, I'd say yes and no. I, I definitely think about it, but I think I have a little bit of problem making that first leap. You gotta break that elephant down into a lot of pieces. Right, right. And I have a project manager who does that for me. And so she will put it up on our board, our, our working board, our project management board, and literally assign cards and tasks and due dates and checklists. And I mean, everybody gets tagged into what they're doing. And so that's a very organized approach to that. Right. But that to me, and I, I believe me, it is important. And I say the word busy work, not because it's not important. It's so key. But I say it's busy work in that for me, in my brain, how that works, that's busy work like organ organizationally. But what is hard to make that jump is that still these big ideas that we've talked with the client or pitched with the client, they still have to be broken down, not just organizationally, who's doing it, 
it has to be broken down into some mock-ups. It has still some creative has to be done. Right. And when you're thinking about a massive strategy and you're thinking, okay, we have Facebook ads, we have Google ads we need to do, we need pay-per-click, we need to put this item on Amazon, we have to do, I mean, whatever, you know, there's just massive stuff. Who's writing the press release? Who's going to call the morning shows? Who's going to, you know, and obviously we know who's going to do it here, but those are the thoughts that are going through my head. Oh, okay. And so it could, it could get overwhelming, I would imagine. It is really overwhelming. And I think what I realized from this experience this week is that it's overwhelming for me because my go-to reaction is I've got to get this done. Oh, the keyword key being I. I, right, right. right. And I also realize that's my default reaction. But I think a typical reaction for an employee, which I haven't been an employee for, I don't know how long. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's I have to remember where I'm where where they're coming from. A typical reaction and a normal one is really kind of to do nothing until your boss tells you. Right. To do something, and I don't mean that to disrespect. These guys step up all the time into, hey, do you need me to do this? Do you need me? It's not that sure. they're not helpful or anything, but we have a very fine line in marketing and in consulting and in graphic work and artistic work. We have a fine line between don't do anything until we're paid to do it, right. and oh my gosh, you have to play and tinker and experiment so much before you come up with an idea that you can get paid to do. Right, right. And people are really respecting me by not just spending their time mocking up stuff that I'm like, well, no, that's not what I want at all. Yeah. So they really are trying to be very respectful of our time because there's always something to do. They can click through and find anything on a project board. And so we have this little, you called it the liminal space. Yes, yes. When we've won the business and we've organized it, we know what the tasks are. But what's the what's the final decision on what's the creative going to look like right. to start really fleshing this work out? And that can be a logo. It could be an ad mock-up. It could be a campaign slogan. It could be uh, really almost anything. It could be, oh, my gosh, we're going to use crowdfunding for this, and we never used crowdfunding for this type of a thing before. Mm. Yeah, It could be any. I mean, it's just so open. It's such an idea. And because we're not just a media buying agency, which most of my counterparts in town are, we're really known for let's stop. Let's think. Let's get a creative idea. Let's make it look different. Let's, you know, let's develop a partnership for a company that nobody's thought of yet. <laughs> right. And just as an example, I, I'm, I'm doing a cat product right now. It's really a small pet slash cat product that's going to be you know, sold through the holiday season. It's not a cat Snuggie, is it? It is not. Okay, good. <laughs> I, now knowing what I know, I'm not going to pass on that opportunity. <laughs> I was going to say, because I'd probably buy one even though I don't have a cat. <laughs> well, you're my first call. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, but this is a product that, without letting the cat out of the bag too much. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Yeah. I saw what you did there. It's going to be, you know, out in the market before this gets to gets to air. But it's basically this barrier product that is uh, creates a barrier around the base of your tree, the base of the branches of the tree, and keeps your cats or small pets from climbing up into your tree. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Yeah, so this this client, this inventor, designer, very interesting gal and very kind gal, 
she, you know, just loves pets and wants them to be safe and wants people to have these really great cherished family holiday memories, right? Right. Well, so that's all great. I mean, there's a million things that have to be done for that. On the other hand, you know, it's that idea that came to me later on as I'm finishing up just editing the press release and and thinking through how we're going to get it on air and things like that, that this idea of, oh my gosh, who actually has all the connections to cat people and people who love pets. And I mean, love pets. Those people are typically the humane societies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The real fanatics who are connected with them, right? And they are constantly looking for ways to fund their local humane society, right? Yes. So my pitch back to the client, and this is the kind of thing, how do you explain to somebody that you had to think about an idea? Right. I come back and I say, look, I need this many hours to flesh out this idea. Do you, here's the concept. Here's the little idea. Here's how many hours it's going to take me to turn it into a big idea and make the amount of calls to find out if it's even viable. Oh. And so I came back and I'm like, what if we you know, hit up all of these humane societies, as many as we could get, and say, hey, this is a product we're introducing. It's going to keep pets safe over the holidays. And if you get this out to your people in your newsletters and we provide this coupon code, if someone comes to our website and buys it and use that code, we'll give five bucks to the Humane Society, to your particular Humane Society, to you. So they need to leverage their own people in order to help us move the product. And so those are the things I'm constantly trying to come with ideas that truly believe in this win, 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 win situation. Right, right. And how can I do that? And I really think that that is... I'd like to say that's more my generation because I think sales in the past and marketing was typically tainted by I win, you lose. Yes. And I think think that's accurate. I see just tons of amazing, innovative things of what people have done in partnerships on the web and, you know, really in, in, in our lifetime of changing that model. And couldn't there be some kind of really great fit? And I am not going to use the word synergy because I don't (laughs) use that word. (laughs) Yeah, not that it's been overused or anything. No, not at all. Well, now tell me this. Let's go back a second because you touched on something, and I I want to dig into that because it just stuck in my mind for some reason. So when you said that you needed to ask for help, what was the aha moment where you went, oh my gosh, I'm taking on too much. Why am I not relying on the rest of my team? I don't know, honestly, how it happened or why it happened, because I think that I walked down this process and I have always said, and I truly, I truly believe this, that we succeed or we fail in groups. I don't think people succeed or fail completely on their own in a vacuum. And so likewise, true success is in a team. And I, I really like the people I work with. They are really awesome and they're very talented. But I think sometimes when I I started getting this frustration, like, oh, I wish this person would do this. And I thought, wait a minute, I don't know that I have given them license to do it. Right, right. And so the onus really came back on me. And when that light bulb went off, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I say that, but I have not communicated with my team in a way that made them understand the kind of help that I need in this moment. Of course, it's always hard when you're running fast or you're you're tired or whatever. And I think it's Vince Lombardi who said that fatigue makes cowards of us all. Oh, wow. That's a great quote. And I think that you just are less willing, you know, when you're just worn out, you're less cognizant, probably not less willing. You'd probably be willing to do it, but you're just too tired to be cognizant of the big move that you need to make. Right. 
And my big move was that I had to say, Priscilla, this is not how you operate. And this is not the strength of the team. We succeed in groups. Don't fail to communicate very clearly what you need someone to do. And I was thinking, oh, let me think of the big idea and then I'll sign the tasks out. No, let me tell you, here's the big idea. How can you help me fill in the blanks? Okay, you take this piece, you handle Facebook. What do you think that should look like? What do you think that call to action is? What do you think? Show me something and let's get, let's get working on this together. And lo and behold, and this is just fabulous lesson learned for a CEO principal, is that it really was not that my staff was unwilling to do it. It's that I was not communicating enough really what I needed. I can totally relate to that. When I was uh, the editor of a magazine, this was back in like the late 80s, I think. Uh, I I remember having those very same thoughts. And actually, it was so funny because I had set the, you know, the precedent of we sit down in a meeting, I come up with a big idea, and then everybody else fills in the gaps. And I remember I was sitting there and and that was totally unspoken. Uh-huh. Right. Right. But that's what that's what my team got for me. And I was the one that sort of orchestrated that. And I remember sitting in my office one day going, oh, why don't these people just come up with ideas themselves? It's like and I started getting really, really angry at them. And I go, wait a minute. And I stopped. I go, I set up the kingdom this way. It's oh, like, yeah. why, why oh, am I mad when they're doing exactly what I set set it up to do? Totally. And, you know, I forgot that some of these people are so new that they haven't heard me say these things like we succeed and we fail in groups and we are creative industry, uh, um, a creative company full of creatives. I'm not the creative person here. I'm not the only sole source of creativity here. We are all creatives. Even my project manager, who is a media buyer by trade, is learning on a very rapid pace everything about what we do. She's this whole world of design and, you know, uh, digital promotion and websites and coding and printing and I mean, just specifications. It's not her world. And yet I say to her, yeah, but we're a small, lean company. We use this as a creative company. So you are a creative. Figure out how you can do your job and hold on to your creativity or and, and bring it you know, somehow encourage it, you know, bring it up, bring, bring some life into it. I know in your previous job that was not requested, but here we need a creative eye on everything, even if it's just the person who's picking up the postcard out of the box and taking a look at it to proof the print job. I still need you to think, wait a minute, is this coding supposed to, is this what we ordered? Is this supposed to be on it? I still need the, that creative look from it and someone to remember, wait a minute, no, this was the goal from the big, like if, if, if it's an Info card? Does it have UV coding on it? Why? So nobody's going to be able to write on an info card if there's UV coding on it. Right. You know, it's like so that big picture. What was the creative thought process that happened that 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 finally funneled all the way down to us not choosing UV coding? Mm. <laughs> there was a reason for that. And so if they're not involved in the creative process at the top, they're not going to be able to check that print box correctly. So no one can be excluded from that, the, the creative thing. And uh, let me say this too. Sure. That the big ideas and the best ideas don't happen typically when you're sitting at your desk. And so right. you have to free up your people and you have to say those things 
creative ideas come to you at bizarre times. That's why most people keep a notepad like right by their bed. Well, that's funny you mentioned keeping a notebook by your bedside because I used to do that when we lived in Boulder. I was having a series of really crazy dreams, and it might have had something to do with the fact that I was reading a lot of Douglas Adams at the time. Oh, well, that, <laughs> yes, I think that would be uh, part of the problem. <laughs> Which is awesome. But I got to the point where I was like almost like I was solving something in my dreams, and then I was getting stressed out that I couldn't remember what it was, so I did. I put that little you know, notebook by my bed, and I remember writing this down, and literally, I need to go back and reread all this stuff because I can't remember now at this point if this is something that happened in the book or if this is, you know, this is total a wacky tale that he would have told. Maybe Zaphod Beeblebrox or one of his characters, right. you know, had this kind of a moment where they woke up and wrote this down, but I just remember this phrase the smell of petroleum pervades throughout. And I can't remember was that I that was a part of his story or if I woke up one morning and wrote that down. <laughs> but it's like that line is in one of my journals and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, somewhere this has meaning. It's kind of like, you know, the, the whole, you know, his book, The, the Life uh, Universe and Everything. Right. You know, they, they ask the machine, you know, the big massive, you know, galactic machine, the answer, you know, they want the answer to life, the universe and everything. And the answer is 43. Or no, is it 42? Gosh, I'm really going to have to go look it up. But anyway, it's this number. Well, then this has been years, you know, centuries that it's been calculating. This machine's been calculating this answer. But the reality is that they never thought to write down the way they phrased the question. And oh. so now they have this answer, but they don't know what it means. <laughs> Which this relates to my life and marketing right now. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, as soon as you said that, I go, oh, my gosh, that that is really the essence of marketing. Here's the answer. Now come up with the question. Exactly. Wow. You know, do all of the back work, you know, find find its way all the way back. But, you know, the best ideas are often, you know, had when you're not thinking about the problem. And right. we joke around here a lot. I literally have had some of my best ideas and literally the best ideas that have come out of this agency have come to me when I am straightening my hair. Wow. I know a lot of people say they get great ideas in the shower. I don't know what that's all about. But, right. <laughs> but I, that It might be the same people that think they sing better in the shower. Right, right. I think there's a little bit of that issue too. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's the idea of like I'm sitting there doing kind of a repetitive action. It's almost like a meditation. I kind of fall into a slightly hypnotic. And my brain goes into a different, I wouldn't say it comes offline, but it, it goes into a different state where it's just a little bit more free. It's not um, linear thinking anymore. Right. I'm right. just a little bit more free. And I realize that that is so important to me and to the creative process. And so I have to allow that for my staff. And I'll tell you why I think in totally their defense, why they don't do that is because of that fine line I talked about in marketing where we have to have these tremendously creative ideas and beautiful renderings, but yet we have to get paid. Right. And so it is very hard to play an experiment with the fear that you're not going to get paid for it. Sure, absolutely. And you I mean because everything everything has a a revenue aspect tied to it. Absolutely. I mean it's a business. I mean right. I, I'm not I'm under no this is not a kibbutz and we are like It's <laughs> it's not a government funded uh, skunk works <laughs> where you have unlimited resources. No, absolutely not. You know, I think out of respect people tend to when not given other instructions they'll tend towards oh let's just, let's do what falls within the project scope. 
But there are so many wonderful things to have. Like, for example, this other idea I had, I had to go back to the client and say, hey, this is totally outside of your project scope. What do you think of this idea? Do you want us to flesh it out? Mm. And that's when I really believe we start providing and delivering our value as a creative company. And people go, oh, my gosh, we never thought of that. And that would really work. And let's think about that. And some, you know, not every idea is going to work, but bringing that kind of creative to the client is important. And that requires vulnerability. Creating anything requires vulnerability. And I have to just remember that I have to give an invitation in my company to vulnerability and letting people fail and succeed in those liminal moments. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Priscilla, for sharing that uh, that intimate moment uh, of what goes on at uh, at Little Bird. I, I I appreciate that. I think that's I think that's valuable information for anybody that has a team or a group of people that they're that they're leading or working with. You know, it's it's freeing them up to really be the best they can be. Absolutely. Well, excellent. Well, listeners, of course, as always, we want to hear your feedback, some of the experiences maybe you've had in this area. And feel free to leave us a comment on our Facebook page or on the Little Bird website or wherever you download this podcast from. So for the Little Bird Marketing Company, the home of cage-free thinking, this is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.